0: Welcome to the Thousand Word Midlife Crisis, I'm your host, Dave Young. Episode 11, The Audacity of Scope. When you get older, life punishes you by inflicting various nosy, but well-meaning medical specialists upon you. Cardiologists, dermatologists, urologists, uh, sphincterologists, they all want to conduct invasive medical tests and find out the answer to the same question, why are you still alive? And the pimp for all these specialists is your general physician, who makes you come in once a year at a time that used to be close to your birthday, but because of insurance rules, is now closer to when your taxes are due. Unless, of course, your birthday is around the time your taxes are due, then your wellness appointment is around Halloween. My GP at some point in his life attended medical school, but those days are long past, making my most generous description of him disinterested. It's like I'm a season of the West Wing after Aaron Sorkin left. He watches me out of duty, but not much else. I once told him I didn't have a fever, so he didn't take my temperature. While I assure his faith in my diagnostic skills, I assure you that I would not have been insulted if he had called me out on this. My annual exams with him roughly follow the same pattern. Doctor, how's your health? Me, it's fine. Doctor, next. He's smart enough to realize that if this were all he did, I would go find another doctor. Not that I want there to be problems, but I just want to feel like he's making an effort. And what he's figured out is that he doesn't necessarily have to make the effort. He just has to direct me towards specialists that will charge me more because they are making the effort. The one that seems most keen is uh, Dr. Rubber Gloves, who has an unsettling interest in my bowel movements. Every few years, he wants to put me out and play Alaska National Wildlife Refuge with me. Of course, he hits me with all sorts of data about colon cancer being the number two in cancer deaths. Okay, does anyone else find that funny, or is it just me? But honestly, what happened in his life to make him want to be a poopologist? But he knows I'm a captive audience, so all I can do is nod and schedule a procedure. Like Christmas, There is fun to be had the night before a colonoscopy. You need to be all cleaned out before the doctor and crew can go on their fantastic voyage, so that means not one, but two at-home enemas. That's like getting slapped in the face by the rock and yelling, Is that all you got? One enema is a curse. Two is a plague. My understanding is that Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, and Martin Short all schedule their procedures for the same day and meet at Steve's house on colonoscopy eve to celebrate the purge. A better man would be happy for them and their good health. But as you must know by now, I am not a better man. So I say, screw you guys for being talented, enjoying life, and doing colon care much better than I do. Okay, now back to my intestines. The next morning I was starving and felt like there was no way I could undo what those two animals did the night before. In that way, it's a lot like voting. And as my luck would have it, my colonoscopy was scheduled for late in the afternoon, about the time I was ready to gnaw my left arm off, cover it in Chick-fil-A sauce, and eat it. When I was finally wheeled in for my appointment, there were tumbleweeds rolling around my digestive tract. Thankfully, they put you out for this procedure. I've had a mini-colonoscopy known as a sigmoidoscopy, which was conducted while I was awake and facing the monitor. I wasn't quite sure what I was watching, and it took me a full five minutes to realize the ramifications of those little bubbles I was periodically producing. I spent the rest of the procedure apologizing every time they appeared. There is something in the makeup of anesthesiologists where most of them are smart asses. Perhaps it's from knowing they're going to get the last word, Or perhaps it's just being able to say with a straight face that they pass gas for a living? Either way, mine was no exception. She gave me all the disclaimers, which I heard as you may die, but that's a you problem. And then she started me on that pointless countdown from 100. As I was losing consciousness at 98, I swear I heard her say, dumbass. And then you're out. You have absolutely no memory of what's happening, which is just a dress rehearsal for death but hopefully with less buggery. I know that's a morbid thought, but look at it this way. If you wake up, you've once again beaten death. In fact, every morning, I arise to give the Grim Reaper the finger. For years, my wife just thought I woke up every morning angry at her. So after an indefinite amount of time, I awakened. Well, kinda. I could not open my eyes, but I could sense I was lying on my side and that's when the thought hit me. The gas must have worn off during the procedure, and I'm the only one that knows. It was very much my worst nightmare, not involving a plane or a Kardashian. I had to do something, so I mustered all my energy to make them aware of their mistake by uttering the only word I could. Awake! 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 There was no running around or screaming, No yelling stat or code brown. Instead, the nurse whispered, It's okay, dear. It's all over. Now, I know this was said to calm me down, but that's also what I expect to hear when I die. So I pried my eyes open and then found comfort in seeing the same place where I'd been knocked out and violated. A few weeks later, I was told by the colon doctor's office, It's fine. Which made me realize I could have avoided all of this if my GP had only asked me How's your colon? Eh, perhaps next year. So until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, believe the locals when they say be back by 4 o'clock. Yours in crisis, Dave. This is a thousand word midlife crisis, written and narrated by David Young. Special thanks to graphic designer Sabrina Young for the logo and musician Daniel Vesey for the music. This has been a Carson Clay production.